This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We've got uh, my good pals, uh, AJ and John. They are fellow tech nerds uh, to help us uh, navigate the world of technology today. It's, it's a cool program. Uh, and you really need to stay tuned for the whole thing. Uh, later on, we will be talking about the federal election. I know that doesn't sound exciting, but uh, we're going to hear about the technology platforms from the different uh, parties and what they're going to do to make our lives better and, and make our cell phone plans cheaper. They always promise this, but we'll, always promises. we'll get more details uh, from our guest, Shruti Shakar from MobileSyrup.com. And we're doing cooking and kitchen tech. This this is an amazing couple segments because we're going to be talking about kitchen robots that will make all your food for you. It's like fantastic. I still can't believe I haven't heard of this robot. I know. So you'll need to stay tuned for that because it's out of Germany. It's freaking amazing. First, let's talk about some of the uh, the tech news. And this one was uh, interesting. So the Nest, one of the Nest co-founders, uh, his name is Tony Fidel. He basically has come out and said, I wake up in a cold sweat thinking, what did we bring to this world? And then when I first read that, I'm like, didn't you invent the Nest thermostat? Can't you fix that <laughs> cold sweat? I mean, you can use your voice to fix it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's it's supposed to learn when you're cold, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's basically uh, also one of the guys behind the iPod and the iPhone. Yeah. And he said, it's a problem now. All this screen time for societies in general. He said, basically, we've created these devices to be addictive and aimed at individuals and not really thinking of the larger uh, family and, and community. Like driving. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Don't use your screen while driving. Yes. But it's, uh, it's a huge issue. And mm. it's interesting to see someone, uh, I guess, such a, a big uh, personality in the tech world admit this. Yeah, like it's not quite regret, but he's just, it sounds like there's some concern about what he's helped bring to the world and how it's being utilized. It's one of those things once once you put something out in the world, you kind of lose ownership of it to a degree. Yeah. And then it just sort of takes on its uh, sort of its own thing. And it, clearly things like smartphones have taken on uh, a whole new category of distraction and addiction and all those types of things well i mean just to look at another leader though look look at um uh, elon musk and his reservations about um artificial, artificial intel- intelligence right like there's another yeah example of a leader in tech but you know what what's good about that yeah a lot of these tech leaders especially when it comes to artificial intelligence are speaking up now yeah, yeah. saying we have to keep an eye on this yeah yeah because they're in that world and they can see how fast it's progressing. Mm-hmm. Like it's progressed very quickly. Mm-hmm. We don't realize it because we don't fully understand sure. how much it's integrated into our world now. But we've seen the matrix. We know how badly this can go. Yes. yes. <laughs> and they're making a sequel. So we'll see the future. Okay. Let's talk about uh, ghosting. Hmm. Do you know what ghosting means, AJ? Uh, well, I don't date anymore. So, <laughs> okay. Did you ever get ghosted? Sure. Okay. So ghosted in the dating sense, um, Perhaps you're, you know, went out on a great date with someone yep. and then you never heard from them again. Yeah. They didn't return phone calls or emails. You don't know why. You don't know why. Was it you, what I ordered? Yeah. <laughs> were you smelly? I don't know. Uh, you were ghosted. So this is happening to employers now as well. It's record low unemployment. And uh, this is a Fast Company article. So you've got to check it out. Uh, they're basically saying that over 80% of employers say they've been ghosted in some form or fashion from mm-hmm. potential job candidates. So yeah. they've actually, in some cases, I think 20% uh, 
accepted the offer yeah. and then never showed up the first day of work. And never called. And never called to I, explain. It just that boggles my mind. Yeah. That people I mean, clearly they obviously got a better offer and they just didn't want to let the the other party know. Yeah. At least that's what you think would well, well, you know, I guarantee you this. If they had your text number, yeah. they would have texted you. Because <laughs> that's what the generation does now, right? It's like they text you, they don't want to see you anymore. Right. Well, that'll change when unemployment goes up. True. When the robots come. When the robots come. So, John, uh, I want to talk about something now that is near and dear to your heart. Uh, the Maker Fair coming up. Yes. Explain what this is. Maker Fair Vancouver is coming back. We've been off for a couple years. And this year we're holding it at Science World. Okay. So uh, September 14th, it's a Saturday. Yeah. It's an all-day event. Uh, you pay your admission to Science World. You get Maker Fair for free. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So you can come check out. We're in the main exhibit hall. This is where they have those big, huge exhibits all the time. Yeah. And we're taking over the whole place. Except there's no robotic dinosaurs. Well, there might be. <laughs> there's some really cool makers coming. If you go to vancouver.makerfair.com, you can see the list of makers that are coming. There's it covers the gamut. There's kids making robots. There's all kinds of hands-on activities that people can do and see how things are made. Um, there's LED sculptures, all these crazy things. So you've been involved with this for a number of years. What are some of your favorite things you've seen in past years? Well, I got into it because of 3D printing. Yes. It was a fun place to show and tell uh, my nerdy 3D printing hobby that yeah. turned into my job for a while. And uh, it was just really fun to go and meet other people that are doing really cool things that maybe aren't in the mainstream, uh, whether it be a creative arts uh, pursuit or some other kind of cool science tech type of thing. Um, the interesting thing about Maker Faire, it attracts a wide range of people from a variety of backgrounds, and it's really great for kids. Adults too? Uh, of course. Well, you love it because yeah. you geek yeah. out on these things. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's really fun because it's one of those things that you, know, you can bring uh, your family to, and I often hear that the adults actually have just as much fun as the kids do. That's great. So everyone gets something out yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. And one more time, where it's at what day? Science World, Saturday, September 14th. Uh, from 10 until 6 p.m. Maker Fair at Science World. Check it out. When we come back from the break, robots that will make all your food. You can get them now for your kitchen. We'll tell you all about it. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Course Radio Network back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got John Beeler with me today. I want to bring on one of our uh, favorite guests out of Alberta. It's our only guest out of Alberta, but she's our favorite. Her name is Erin Lawrence. She's from techgadgetscanada.com. We're talking cooking tech today or kitchen tech. There's so many cool things that you can get technology-wise to make your kitchen experience better, especially for us nerds. So thanks for joining us, Erin. Hi, you too. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic. I'm, I'm excited now because you're going to show me all these robots that will help make my cooking better. Sounds you like don't have to have actual kitchen skills to put out good food here. Good. Good? Because I do not. No, <laughs> we both we both do not. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, the devices that you've actually uh, tried out. Uh, you seem much more able in the kitchen than than John and I. Uh, I've spent a few years. Spent a few years. Couple. We're good at the eating part. Yes. Very good at Very that. Very good. Uh, so you have a robot in your kitchen. I do. Yeah, I have a device called the Thermomix and not a lot of people in Canada, in North America really know about this device. It essentially looks like a big food processor or a really big blender, 
But what it is, is sort of this kitchen robot. It's got automated recipes built into its brains, I guess. And what it'll do is it'll take you step by step through a recipe from chopping the garlic, chopping the onion, sauteing it in butter inside this device that looks like a big... I don't know, I guess a stainless steel bowl. And then it'll walk you through adding the exact right amount of broth, for example, and then simmering that. And then basically it tells you every step you need to do to make a recipe from something like French onion soup to chopped salad. And I've even baked cakes in it. You can bake it's a, a pretty amazing gadget. So you can make broth, you can make cake in the same thing. Absolutely. And the great thing about this device is it cleans itself between doing these things. So if you're whipping up a full dinner, you want to make your soup, your salad, and then your dessert. Between between dishes, you essentially put soap and water in it, turn it on, and it cleans itself. You dump out the soapy water, you're ready to go with your next meal item. This it's sounds, pretty neat, and it's all automated. Cool. <laughs> this, this sounds magical, Erin, and too good to be true. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at a picture online. It's got an LCD screen on it. Yes, it does. So what it has is it comes with these sort of, I call them recipe chips, and you sort of plug it into the side and dial up whatever recipe you want, whether it's basic white rice or something more complicated like roasted chicken and vegetables. And it will tell you exactly how much to add. It's got a built-in scale in it as well. So if you're adding things like that broth we talked about or butter, it measures it as you're adding it. So it knows exactly how much you've added and then it'll tell you to stop when you've got the right amount. And it just makes, it makes things foolproof. It makes things goof-proof, no matter what you're cooking. So how do you get recipes into it? You're talking about chips? Yeah, so there's they've got a couple different machines now. One of the ones from, I'd say, the last year or so, you just plug the chip into the side, and then you dial up the recipes on the LCD screen. And if you want, you tap it, and then it basically starts the recipe. One of the newer ones connects to a much larger library of recipes uh, using Wi-Fi, so it actually lets you have access to a ton more recipes than you might ordinarily have just using that single chip plugged into the side. And this machine exists for real. <laughs> for real. Huge in Europe, huge in Australia, little known here in Canada and the US though, but um, it's getting to be more popular because it is super versatile. I know a lot of people that are actually asking for these devices as wedding gifts instead of going out and getting, you know, the food processor, the saute pan, the blender, the little hand chopper. They're just getting one of these because it literally can replace so many devices in your kitchen. This sounds expensive. Yes. <laughs> if yes. It's, if it's, yes, it if is. it's true. And how much is yes. it? I, I think last time I checked, they were just under $2,000-ish. Don't quote me on that. But they are, they're not cheap. But if you consider how much a KitchenAid mixer costs, how much a really good blender costs, how much those other, you know, really pricey appliances cost, this might actually pay for itself Especially if you don't know how to use those other appliances. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but there's no computer chips in those ones. They're not going to help What's you. the learning curve on this thing? It's actually really easy. I mean, if you can read and touch the screen, you can bake almost literally anything. Um, I made these little cakes that I made. It comes, there's sort of a steamer basket that will sit on top of what I'll call the big blender bowl area. 
And, you know, you put a little bit of water or milk in there. You put your cakes in this little rack that goes over top, put the lid on that, and it just steams. I mean, you don't have to be an expert baker even, because I know a lot of people are intimidated by baking. This walks you through it. It sets everything to exactly the right temperature. It turns everything off when it's supposed to be shut off. So you can't mess it up. And this is for real again, this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I can see I'm going to have to bring mine over to your house and show you. We'll be making cakes and salads and French onion soup. From Alberta. Uh, So this is called the Thermo Mix. Uh, They've got like a a TM6 and a TM5 model. That's right. You got to go to the website and check this out. So to get more recipes, you have to pay for that. Is that the deal? Yeah, they used to have it where you would sort of buy what they called kind of cookbooks or cooking chips. Um, that had sort of different themes or styles. But like I said, the newer models now have this Wi-Fi connectivity that gives you access to basically the whole database. I'm going to check this out. God, we've pretty well used up almost all the time on this one. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about some other cooking tech that you've uh, come across. What else you got there, Erin? Yeah, the other thing I've been experimenting with a lot is sous vide cooking. Yes. So sous vide cooking, I don't know if you guys have ever tried it. That's one thing I have tried. I've tried that too because there was was technology. Right. (laughs) And you don't have to do much. You just put stuff in boiling water. So explain this uh, process, Aaron. Yeah. So this is another goof proof cooking mechanism. It's basically a long tubular device that you set inside a big pot or a bin, a plastic bin works as well, of water. And what what the device does is it sets the water temperature to a very precise degree and it allows you to cook your food in this hot water bath. So you have to put the food in something. You can't just sort of float it around in this um, (laughs) water bath. You can either vacuum pack the food so that it stays sealed. Uh, In some cases, you can put something into a mason jar and cook it in that. Uh, You can also just use a Ziploc with most of the air rolled out of it. You can cook chicken, steak, vegetables. Um, I've made infused vodka with the sous vide cooker. I bet you have. I have. (laughs) And let me tell you, it's very tasty. But it makes it really simple for folks. So again, you put this in, you connect the sous vide cooker to your smartphone, and it will tell you, set the temperature to this, you know, what what level of done do you want something? If you're having a steak, you can have a rare steak or a more well done steak. And then it times everything out for you. It sends an alert to your smartphone when the food is done, and then it holds it at a temperature. So maybe if you're in the middle of doing something, you can't quite get away, it'll hold it at that precise temperature so you can't overcook anything. It's really amazing. I've uh, So it's like a big wand stick you put into mm-hmm. like a, a pot or a... With special. a little propeller in the bottom. Yeah, exactly. But it's the propeller's built right into the wand itself. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the cool ones have the app capabilities so you can actually program, hey, I want a medium rare steak, this type of steak. Um, and it's perfect. I just use Ziploc bags and just kind of... I, I bought a, a, a sealer. A, a, oh, of course a bag you did, sealer. Yes. You've taken it to another level. <laughs> yeah. But what I like is you can take your vegetables, for example, like asparagus. You can put your seasonings on it, like your salt and your pepper and then your butter, and you just throw it all in the bag, you seal it up, throw it in the water, and that's it. It takes time, though. Like It does. Yeah. So I've mm-hmm. cooked chicken in it and lamb. It's probably the best chicken and lamb I've ever had because it's just, it retains all the moisture and juiciness. And then you just sear it like in yeah. a pan or on the barbecue for like 30 seconds just to get to make the, it like a look like food. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't look like food when it comes out, especially no. the chicken. Especially the chicken. Yeah. The chicken looks a little, looks a little yes. yeah. Ugh. But uh, yeah, that's why you want to sear it in like a pan of butter or something just to yeah. kind of get it that extra crisp to it. But it takes it takes a while, doesn't it, Aaron? 
Yeah, it can take, I mean, an hour or two, depending on if you're doing something like steak or a big thick chicken breast. Uh, Fish tends to be a little more quick. Fish is actually a really great use for this because I know, you know, a lot of us are prone to really overcooking fish because it can be so delicate. With this, you can just set that precise temperature and it'll hold it exactly at that temperature. So it's never going to get overdone. It's never going to turn tough or rubbery. Okay, you got time for one more. All right. We talk too much about the robot. Okay. Um, Let's go with the Ember travel mug. Okay. So this is a travel mug that will basically hold your beverage at the precise drinking temperature that you like it at. So if you're on the go in the morning, fill it with your hot coffee. And maybe the coffee is a little too hot. You want it a little cooler than that to drink it as you're commuting into work. With this device, you can use the app to set the precise temperature inside the mug. And it's going to hold your drink at that temperature until the battery dies. The battery, I think, lasts about four hours or so. So instead of just putting it in a regular travel mug where it's going to be, you know, half cold by the time you get it to work, this actually holds it at temperature and it works really, really well. Especially in Alberta. Especially in Alberta where it gets dang cold. But this is the most expensive travel mug you'll ever have. Yeah, I think, uh, again, last time I priced it out, probably about 130 bucks or so. So yeah, you do not want to leave this on the train. You do not want to forget it in the communal kitchen at work. Bad idea. It's very pricey. Perfect for people that love their coffee or tech nerds. That's right. Which are usually both. Do you know what, Aaron? Uh, I know you've got actually more to talk about, and there's some really interesting stuff. So I'm just going to have you hold while we take a break, and we'll uh, have you come back and tell us uh, a little bit more. Sounds great. Okay, we're talking with Aaron Lawrence all about kitchen tech here on Get Connected. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by someone. Uh, you're here. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> I give that one up. Uh, you're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this, you are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio with uh, my good friend John Beeler. We're talking cooking tech with one of our good friends, our only friend in Alberta, Erin Lawrence. She's with TechGadgetsCanada.com. Love having her on the show because uh, she is in many ways smarter than both you and I, John, combined. Uh, very excited about some of the cooking tech you're talking about. Uh, in the last segment, you talked about the Thermomix kitchen robot that will make and bake anything. And I'm going to save all my money to get this because <laughs> I'm going to look like a baking cooking genius. Uh, but let's talk about some of the other uh, tech gadgets you've come across. Uh, one of them would happen to be a techie fridge. Yes. So, you know, when you're at the store and you're like, is there milk at home? I can't remember. And you buy milk and you realize that, you know, your spouse has already come home with some milk. Somebody has solved this problem for us all. It's a device called the Smarter Fridge Cam. And much like its name, uh, it's a camera that lives in your fridge and gives you access (laughs) to the inside of your fridge from wherever you may be so that you can see what's inside if you're out doing the shopping. Okay, right now, sorry, John, just to interrupt you. My wife is going to like, hell no. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not putting that in my fridge because that's going to capture her opening the fridge in her bathrobe or whatever she's well, wearing. Well, you f- you probably turn it inwards. Do you? I, well, I guess I guess you could put it at the back and have it pointing out the front, but I picture it more in the front or in the door, in the shelf, kind Got of it. peering more useful because you're not actually opening the door because you're at the grocery store. Okay, so... Let's talk more about this. So it's a camera. <laughs> it goes in your fridge because 
I've always wanted a camera in my fridge. How does this work? Like, it has to be battery operated. Like, it's dark in there. From what I understand, and this is a, you know, question of the universe, does the light actually <laughs> go out when you close the fridge door? I think it does. Now you can find out. How does it see? It, it takes a photo, essentially, of the fridge every time the door opens or closes and the light comes on. So and then would love that. it sends it to your smartphone <laughs> so that it's basically, you've got this ongoing database, I guess, of, of what's in the fridge. But how much of the fridge can it actually take a photo of? Sorry, I'm trying. I'm poking holes in this. <laughs> That's a good question. I have not been hands-on with this device yet. I have tried to get my hands on one. I've not been able to. Okay. And it's a great question because it would have to be a very wide-angle lens in order for it to be super useful. Because if it only sees one shelf, right? Do you need like multiple? It's not going to help you. Cameras. Well, that's their business model right <laughs> oh, there. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. I've got a three-story fridge. So. Yes. And, and if you put it in the door and you open the door, then you're not really getting a picture of the fridge, but a good part of your kitchen. You know what? We're going to have to try to get this in as well, Aaron. I'm intrigued. I think we should. I'm intrigued. I wonder if we can talk to each other through our fridges. What if we just put camera? a ring video doorbell in the fridge? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I don't know if this is a problem that needs to be solved <laughs> at this point. I think this is a good example of somebody went, I wonder what would happen if, and thus a business was born. It's a bunch of guys. Alcohol. I've, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of How guys. How much beer do I have left? That are drunk and they're high-fiving themselves. Oh my God, kitchen cam. John, you're totally right. That's exactly where that originated. Okay, let's- I am certain. Let's move on to something maybe a little more practical. The Click and Grow Smart Indoor Garden. Yes, I really like this device. This is one I've gotten hands on with. And it's essentially a mini grow up for your kitchen, <laughs> but it's meant to grow herbs and spices. Oh, I and bet it things is. Things yeah. like lettuce. <laughs> okay. Actual lettuce. Um, and you can grow it all year round. So it comes with LED lights, special grow lights built in. And you get these, you can choose whatever you want to grow. They've got a whole library essentially of little plants and products that you can grow. But you drop in these soil capsules that almost look just like little cylinders, and they've got fertilizer, soil, and seed built into them. Pop them in, turn on the lights, and the lights will basically stay on, I think it's for about 12 or 14 hours, and then automatically go out. So you can time the lights whether you want them to be on when it's daylight out, off when it's nighttime, or maybe it's in reverse. And once you plant these things, you fill up the rest of the garden with water. There's sort of a water reservoir built into the bottom. And then you walk away for like a month. You just leave it and it will start sprouting. <laughs> and it'll grow a carrot. <laughs> it'll, well, not carrots. They need a little more space, okay. but it's, it's great. I've been growing basil, like all of okay. the herbs, yes. especially here in Alberta. Our growing season is so short. Really? And, you know, I mean, on the best of days, I get basil outdoors to last, you know, maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah. In this device, I have it for like two months. It'll just keep growing. So as I'm picking off the leaves and harvesting them, that fertilizer in the soil is continuing to grow. It keeps growing. And I've got basil, you know, for way longer than I would ordinarily have it. It's very, very handy. Okay. So I have to ask this because I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners out there. Can you grow weed in this? <laughs> that I do not know. Okay. I have, I have not attempted, but I will say this. You can get empty soil packages. So the little soil cylinders with the fertilizer built in. So yes. And you can put your own <laughs> seeds in there. Got it. I myself planted some shishito pepper seeds and it is growing. So that's all I can say about whatever else you might want to grow okay. in the click and but grow how, garden. How big is this? Could I grow a pumpkin in it? 
no, I would say it's about the size. Uh, there's there's sort of two sizes. One will hold three seed pods, and that's called the Smart Garden Three. It's about ninety nine bucks and about the size of a loaf of bread. Okay. The Smart Garden Nine, obviously much bigger, um, significantly larger. You know, probably takes up to twice the footprint and obviously gives you access to growing nine different plants in there or could, one big pumpkin or one big or pumpkin. one big pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> like i mean i could will you, try the pumpkin thing for you though, could you Michael, grow like a head of lettuce in there uh i have grown lettuce it's sort of more that leaf lettuce so it's not going to grow something really huge but it grows i grew leaf lettuce i've grown baby tomatoes mini tomatoes um is all it, the herbs is it peppers practi- is it practical though like you're going to spend a hundred or a few hundred dollars on this and these little soil capsules. Like, is it cheaper or is it just kind of fun? I think, I think it's fun, but I, for me, I also find it very practical because if I'm buying basil out here, you know, it's three or four bucks for a bunch of basil and inevitably with something like basil, it's gone bad in two days. So yeah. I'm using four or five leaves off it and too. then it's going in the garbage. Yeah. With this, I mean, on basil for me alone, it's I'm sure it's more than paid for itself because I'm not throwing out as much spoiled food. What do you use basil for? Everything. I have Thai basil. <laughs> Clearly Aaron uses basil, it on everything. I have purple basil. Okay. It's delicious. Salads, soups. That's a whole other show. Okay, one, yes. more, tech, <laughs> one more tech item uh, for monitoring roasting, uh, Wi-Fi connected thermometer. Yes, I had a chance to play around with a thermometer device called the Meter, M-E-A-T-E-R, thermometer. I get it. And yes, right. And it's a wireless meat thermometer that you can use in the oven, out on the barbecue as summer is, you know, drawing to an end here in, in Canada. But you basically just stick it into the meat. And again, as most of these devices do, it connects to an app on your smartphone and you can precisely monitor the temperature of your food. So you don't need to keep opening the oven door or the lid of the barbecue, letting all that good heat out. You can just click it in on your phone, check the temperature, and you can also set it to give you alerts for your food. So if you want your meat to cook to a certain temperature, the app will both guide you to what temperature that's supposed to be, and then it'll alert you when the food gets to that temperature so you can take it out. What if you put that fridge cam in the barbecue? Yeah, that'll last all of 28 seconds. I wonder if we could, yeah, we could put a lot of this technology together. Yeah. The fridge cam I want to watch and the my sous vide, the jewel sous vide machine. Yeah. That would be one special camera. So this thing actually will withstand the heat of a barbecue or an oven? Yes, absolutely. And I've had it up, well, I guess I've had it just like 475, 495, and it's, yeah, it's been totally fine. That was Aaron Lawrence, our good friend from techgadgetscanada.com. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, you too. When we come back, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Election time is coming up. What does that mean for technology? Things like cell phone bills, internet uh, prices. Well, uh, some of the political parties have actually stated their platform on some of those issues. To help us understand those, we've got our good friend, Shruti Shakar from MobileSyrup.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mike. So I'm excited. The Liberals are going to lower all my bills if they get elected. Is this true? I don't know. It's a, it's an election promise. Yes. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that could be a, a major platform, platform thing. So, so, what, so what are they promising? Okay, so essentially, uh, 
hasn't officially been announced, but according to sources which Reuters has reported, uh, the Liberals are looking into a, a cap on phone bills uh, and maybe even having incumbent carriers provide more access to mobile virtual network operators, so third-party uh, companies uh, being able to access the networks of big companies. Um, so I think, I mean, that's pretty cool. And again, if we look at the Liberals, we've kind of seen that they've done quite a bit of things already in the time that they've been in office. Um, the Minister of Innovation, Navdeep Baines, proposed a policy directive, which is now a, an official policy directive towards the CRTC, essentially meaning that any decision that the CRTC makes, they have to have affordability and fairness uh, of consumer choices in their mind when they're making decisions. Um, and they've also introduced a lot of money, like $1.7 billion has been invested in budget 2019 uh, to get 100% of Canadians connected to high-speed internet by 2030. Um, they've topped up the Connect to Innovate uh, 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 platform. So they've kind of done quite a few things already in the time that they've been in office. And now they're suggesting, it's only a suggestion, I don't, I don't know... 100% yet or not, but from the from the party sources, uh, it's looking like uh, this is going to be an election promise, which is, uh, it's a pretty big deal to have something like fair lowering cell phone bills and internet bills as a, as a promise. It looks like everyone's complaining about that. I've heard this promise before. <laughs> I think it was the, uh, the Harper Conservatives, and I don't really know how much they really lowered cell phone bills, but they made that a big big thing in uh, their their platform but yeah. i'm just wondering like are the liberals going to be able to do it like i they always say oh we're going to open up the spectrum auction to all these other competitors blah 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 but it just really hasn't amounted to anything i mean we got freedom mobile which really yeah we, we do yes yeah. um i mean i i wouldn't necessarily say that they haven't done anything i think uh, I, I'm I'm a nonpartisan individual speaking here, but I think that in the time that they have gone into office, I think they have tried to really bring down. Uh, I, I don't want to say bring down the cost, but they've definitely fostered a lot more competition and created a, a sense of affordability. You know, if you think about it, um, if it wasn't for Navdeep Bain's proposed directive, we wouldn't have. Rogers, Bell, tell us coming out with all these infinity, in, or what is it, infinity, not infinity, uh, no, it's unlimited infinity. Yeah, data infinity plans. plans yeah. you, you know, all those, un, all those data plans didn't happen just out of thin air. They happened for a reason. They happened because the CRTC, the government were saying, listen, there's no, there's not enough options. These options are too expensive. You guys need to lower your costs. And of course, as we're approaching 5G, that era of, of new network capabilities, um, I think the carriers, the carriers are also sort of prepping themselves by saying, look, this is going to be your new standard. And then if you want 5G, you're going to pay for more money, uh, for more data, et cetera. So I wouldn't necessarily say the liberals haven't done anything. I think they, you know, obviously everyone can say they could do better, but I think they, they were able to bring in these new options of data plans and, um, forcefully, I guess, tell that this is going to happen whether people like it or not. And we also saw that with the wholesale rates, right? We talked about that before. Um, that means that third parties will be able to latch onto the network of these big carriers and uh, provide more options for internet services at a uh, lower cost. So tech savvy, distributel, they'll be able to 
come into the into the spectrum and, and be able to offer these things. So it's interesting that, you know, they're putting this in into their platform. I'd like to see what the other parties would have to, to offer as well. You know, the conservatives have not said anything yet. So I'm waiting to hear what they have to say. Of course, the NDP, uh, the NDPs and the Green Party of Canada have actually all said something as well. So it's interesting that this seems to be a, an election thing. Like, it's kind of cool. I like it. I think the conservatives are just trying to make us afraid. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, the NDP, they've come out with a few uh, things on their technology platform. Yeah. And so similar to uh, the liberals, they also want to place a cap on phone bills. They want to establish what they call a telecom consumer bill of rights, which I'm not really sure how that would work out just because, you know, for all things telecom, it's generally the CRTC that's mandating everything and they have a telecom order there is a broadcasting order there is you know there's different acts that are already with the, with the CRTC so i don't know how a telecom consumer bill of rights i don't know what that means essentially <laughs> maybe it means like oh you can't have bad sales practices or something like that i don't i'm not entirely sure i'm but. hoping that's just a thing already <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know. So, uh, yeah, it's essentially that. And then they want to uh, look into how they're going to lower the cost of cell phone rates, uh, essentially, which is interesting. Um, and then, of course, the Green Party of Canada, again, have a very uh, loose playing platform right now. Like they haven't really said anything except that they want to pledge for affordable cell phone Internet prices. I don't know. But essentially their plan is going to have um Ensuring rates that are affordable, which I don't know how they're going to do that. Uh, having new companies uh, be able to participate, which is uh, something that's already happening. But I think now we'll see uh, what, what could be possible if we have a Green Party prime minister. I don't know. Um, and then looking at reforms of Canadian laws and fees, which make it easier for companies to take on Bell and Rogers. So, again, <laughs> it's very, very vague. But... They have something there, so that's 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 that. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll keep on top of that and uh, give updates uh, in the coming weeks. We're talking with Shruti Shakar from MobileSyrup.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. More tech to talk here and get connected when we return. Back after this, you are back with Get Connected. It's time for your Amazon Alexa skill of the week. If you've got an Amazon Echo speaker, this is the skill you need to get. What is it, John? This week, it's Mastermind. Okay. This sounds really cool. It is your cross-platform artificial intelligence that helps you get things done on any voice-enabled device, such as Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, Apple iPhones, and others, through your Alexa-enabled device. Okay, so how does it work? So you basically say, uh, Alexa, Mastermind, and you can do a number of different tasks depending on how you set up the skill. You can send SMS text messages, emails, initiate phone calls, ring your phone, share your location, search for places, search the web, launch Google Maps, navigation, access apps on your phone, get your calendar, and tons more. That seems really intense. It does, but I think it's basically, it's just a, it's, it's the glue that holds it all together that lets you use Alexa in a different way with all your other smart devices. To use this, go to the Amazon uh, Alexa app and download the mastermind skill i want to thank aj and john for coming on the show today don't forget to visit getconnectedmedia.com we've got our audio podcast there for this show and the app show and we're video podcasting this show too you get to see us in action whether you like it or not (laughs) 
We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.